Some schmuck on MSNBC thinks that there is an idiot percentage of the population. And according to him, the people who make up that idiot percentage just need to be told what to do. I think it was a lot harder the first time around to because we're, you know, we're creating new behavior versus returning to kind of behavior that we've already been through. So look, whether it's a mandate on mask, a mandate of vaccine is at this point, there is a percentage of the population that who cares whether they're angry or upset about that. This is just there's 330 million people in this country. We need to protect ourselves. And as, and as, as Willie and Alicia mentioned, look, there's, there's been mandates on throughout time. I grew up having to get a smallpox vaccine. We all did other vaccines also. So I, I'm done worrying about what people think. I'm done worrying about is there going to be a firestorm, whether it's a mandated mask, whether it's a mandated vaccine. There's an idiot percentage of this population that just needs to be told what to do. And guess what? You don't have a choice. Too bad. You know, I, I think that guy has a point. I, that guy is most certainly convincing me that there is an idiot percentage of our population. That would be our ruling elite. I don't think our ruling elite knows the first thing about philosophy or politics or life generally. I think that the regime that the ruling elite has foisted upon us has led to misery in basically every aspect of life. And I think that that idiot percentage ruling elite needs to be told what to do by the far smarter, far more grounded, far better adjusted people to whom that elite pretends to be accountable. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from Friday is from Cool Papa J Magic, who says, what a great name, says, Joe Biden will solve the inflation problem by printing more money. Ibram X. Kendi will solve racism by adding more racism. Yeah, that makes sense. Where do we find these geniuses? <laughs> great point. You know, these people, these are the sort of people that probably go into the brick and mortar auto parts store instead of just going straight to rockauto.com. Why would you ever walk into that brick and mortar auto parts store when you can just go to rockauto.com, order the same parts online, save a ton of money, not have to answer a ton of ridiculous questions about the make and model of your car, questions that if you're anything like me, you probably won't know all of the answers to. And then you got to wait because the guy's going to go into the back. They're not going to have the part. They're going to order it online at rockauto.com probably anyway, and then charge you twice as much. Don't do it. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've always got the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices with a bunch of gimmicks. You know, Tuesday in the morning, it's going to be much cheaper and it's 30% off on Wednesday. No, it's just always reliably low. Same prices for pros and do-it-yourselfers. The website is so easy to navigate that even I can do it. Head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and then write Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. These people who are part of the ruling establishment, the ruling class. What do I mean by that? I mean the people on all the legacy media outlets, not the insurgent new media outlets, but all the ones that are established that have all the gatekeepers that are promoted by the regime. I'm talking about the people in big tech. I'm talking about the people in the big highfalutin positions of power. I'm talking about the people entrenched in the federal bureaucracy. I'm talking about the Democratic Party, which is the, demo, the dominant party in this country. Right now it has unified government, but it is just molded with the entire elite apparatus. I think these guys maybe should take a, uh, take a seat for a moment. <laughs> I think, 
I, I think for them to doubt our intelligence is pretty rich. What say you, Mr. President? That's underway, just like the other question is illogical. And I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing. Yeah. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are, why can't the, the, the experts say, we know that this virus is in fact, uh, um, uh, it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, we we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. That's underway too. I expect that to occur quickly. Well, that means, you mean for the FDA? For the FDA. Well, oh gosh, I'm sorry. I need to catch my breath from that dizzying intellect from the genius percentage of the population that rules us. And by the way, I'm not even just making fun of Biden. Biden has always been uh, you know, a few a few French fries short of a Happy Meal. Joe Biden has never been the brightest bulb in the pack. Not quite the sharpest tool in the shed. How many more metaphors can I use? Oh, historically, I mean, he's, uh, Joe Biden is famously not that bright. But it's not just him. And obviously, he's senile now, so he's he's even slower than he used to be. It's not just him. I'm not just taking a cheap shot at Joe Biden, who who should not be president and is, is obviously not capable of, of being president. It doesn't matter though, of course, because he's just a vessel of the ruling elite. He's just a vessel of the establishment. I'm talking about the establishment itself. We have had roughly a century or so now of almost continuous liberal rule, of progressive liberal rule, beginning with, I guess more than a century then, depending on how you count it, beginning with Woodrow Wilson revolutionizing the federal government, admitting that he was doing it while he did it, saying that our old constitutional order is outdated. We need a new order that's going to empower progressive technocrats. You see FDR really begin to implement that and you see it ratchet up over time. Even when there briefly were periods of of relative conservative rule, they didn't succeed at impeding the growth of that federal technocratic elite. Even Ronald Reagan famously complained or rather lamented that he, he did not manage to shrink the government. So this thing has been growing and growing and growing over time. And in recent decades, it's really accelerated. What has that given us? Because you you see the growth in the government, but then you see the the radical transformation of society, the sexual revolution, all of these sorts of things. What has that given us? Birth rate below replacement, where people are not having kids. A, A decrease in life expectancy recently because of deaths of despair. You're seeing a plummeting in the happiness of women both relative to men and uh, as an absolute measure. You're seeing spikes in child anxiety and stress and suicide. You're seeing a complete gutting of the middle class. You're seeing manufacturing jobs shipped overseas. You're seeing a a total loss of control over even our own border. You're seeing a, a collapse in the faith that we have in our institutions, including in our electoral system. You're seeing abject failure on just about every single front in our society. And yet these people who have ruled basically without challenge for a century are telling us that we're the idiot percentage of the population. Just give them more power. Just listen to those geniuses a little bit more and things will go so much better. Are you seeing that? Is that what we, we no longer can keep men out of the little girl's changing room, but give the geniuses more power. That's, that's what's going to help us out. What, what I'm talking about when I mock these people, who have the audacity to call the rest of us idiots. I'm not just talking about Joe Biden losing a few synapses. I'm talking about the whole system, which is both inept 
and extremely corrupt. Just look at a little bit of this corruption. The DOJ right now, you probably didn't even see this news story because it was dropped very quietly and the media aren't going to cover it, the, the establishment media. You recall that Governor Quovid in New York, Andrew Cuomo, who was feted as the great savior of coronavirus, he won an Emmy for his performances, which were fictional performances, over how wonderfully he was handling COVID. Remember, he re- released a book, the media thanked, thank you, governor, and then it turned out he was, he was handling the virus worse than any other governor in the country. He not only sent thousands of senior citizens to their deaths because of his boneheaded policies, but then he covered it up from federal investigators. So, There was at one point an investigation into what Cuomo was doing, but now Joe Biden's Justice Department is formally declining to investigate those nursing home policies. Not just in New York, by the way, so Cuomo is going to get off the hook, but uh, also in Pennsylvania and Michigan, places that had come under scrutiny for the way that they were treating their senior citizens. That's dropped. That's over now. No big deal. No one's, you'll, you'll hear about it on this show. You'll hear about it, I don't know, maybe on a handful of other conservative shows. And that's it. And it's going to be memory hold. And COVID is going to, going to go sell more books and he's going to get off the hook. Like I told you he would, by the way. <laughs> Do you remember when the, when the sex scandal came up, which I observed from the very beginning was just a distraction from the real scandal, which involved COVID and lying to federal investigators, covering up things from federal investigators. I said, Cuomo's a tough guy. If anyone could survive this, it's going to be him. Well, he's going to survive. We just, we should just listen to them more, kill a few more thousand senior citizens. How about Biden's DOJ? on the Chinese spies. You probably didn't even hear this story. So the Department of Justice was prosecuting five visiting researchers from China who were just academics, just scholars, but it turns out they were spies for the Chinese government, as as is often the case. So the Wall Street Journal uh, just reported this weekend that the DOJ is dropping their cases against the Chinese spies. Why? Because it turned out that they weren't really spies? No. Why? Because the spies fulfilled their justice. They dealt, they endured some criminal justice and then they were, they were going to be released. No, they just dropped it. Quote, in all our prosecutions, the Department of Justice evaluates the merits of a case as it prepares for trial. This is DOJ spokesman Wynn Hornbuckle, which is not a real name, right? There's no way that that is actually that guy's name. This is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is like, you know, spies will often come up with el- elaborate names. This has to be that. In any case, Mr. Hornbuckle says, recent developments in a handful of cases involving defendants with alleged undisclosed ties to the People's Liberation Army of the People's Republic of China have prompted the department to reevaluate these prosecutions. We have determined that it is now in the interest of justice to dismiss them. Right, because the Trump administration, uniquely o- among administrations over the past several decades, took a hard line on China, said the growth of China is not good for the United States. It's not good for the world. Obviously, it was correct because just as Trump was getting tough on China, whoopsie daisy, a virus leaks out of the Wuhan lab that shuts down the entire world. Looks like he was right. Joe Biden, who famously cheered on the rise of China, is now cozying up to them again. He won't call China an enemy. He won't take a hard line on them. So he's dropping the prosecution into their spies. Surprise, surprise. And no one's going to hear boo about it. And that's, that's just that. Did we elicit any concessions from China? I don't think so. It's just over. Just listen to the ruling elite. Listen to those geniuses. Maybe we'll shut the world down again. I guess we already are for the Delta and the Lambda and the Phi Beta Kappa variants. When you want to stand up against these kinds of bullies, it helps, you know, to have nice swarthy skin and nice lean sort of physique. 
nice baby face such as my, but if you can't have that, one way to appear intimidating is grow a beard, which is why I would strongly recommend you check out Beard Supply. If you are one of the many men who are currently growing a beard or maintaining a beard, chances are you're in need of products to keep it looking thick and healthy. You don't want some scraggly, hideous looking thing make you look like a stray dog. No, you want a nice, lush beard. You do not want to show up to your neighborhood outdoor barbecue in the blistering heat without a bit of beard oil to keep your beard in check. Go visit beardsupply.com. For a limited time only, you can buy one beard oil product and get another one for free. Head on over to our friends at beardsupply.com today. You order yourself two beard oils for the price of one. By the way, you can mix and match different scents. You can stock up with an old classic. Whatever you choose, make sure you choose Beard Supply. Hurry up while this deal lasts. Go to beardsupply.com, buy one beard oil, and get another one for free and be the toast of your neighborhood barbecue. Our brilliant ruling elite is not only disregarding our immigration laws, these are some of the most fundamental laws in our country, who gets to come in and be counted as an American, but our ruling elite is now inverting those laws and saying that foreign nationals who cross our border illegally, not only can they one day become Americans, not only can they stay here, first of all, and not only can they one day become Americans, but according to Kamala Harris, they already are. I want to make clear to the dreamers who are here and those who are watching from home, this is your home. This is your home. And we see you and you are not alone. The president and I, needless to say, and I hope many of you saw his town hall yesterday, we are unequivocal that we recognize you for the Americans that you are and that we recognize that you deserve all the rights that come with American citizenship. And so we will be tireless in fighting for a pathway to citizenship. Hold on, Kamala. Why would you have to fight for a pathway to citizenship if they're already Americans? <laughs> According to Kamala Harris, not, and it's not just her. Again, I don't mean to just pick on her. According to the entire liberal ruling elite, words no longer have meaning. If foreigners are Americans, then words have no meaning. If men are women, then words have no meaning. If we can no longer rely on language to make basic distinctions between a thing and its opposite, <laughs> then words don't have any meaning. But what the left believes, as I, as I think I read somewhere in a recent number one national bestselling book, the left uses language. They believe that because there's no such thing as objective reality, therefore words do not refer to any objective reality, but rather words construct and constitute objective reality, subjective reality, I guess. And so if you redefine all the words, you can redefine reality. So if you want to make a foreign national into an American, you don't need to have them follow the legal channels. You do not even need to undertake any legal process. You just call them Americans and then they are Americans. If you want a man to become a woman, he doesn't need to, well, it's impossible, but you, you, you don't even need to go through the surgery to have the man better resemble a woman. You just need to call him a woman and then he just is a woman. And that's that. These are the geniuses. See, we're the idiot percentage 
who believes there's a distinction between foreigners and Americans, citizens of another country and citizens of this country, we're the idiot percentage. But Kamala Harris, who fails to recognize the most basic distinctions in politics, she's the genius. If you oppose illegal aliens, by the way, illegal immigration and then amnesty for breaking a basic law, you will be called a racist, right? That's just, that's the worst thing you can be called in America today. And that's what you will be called. I touched on this at the very end of the show on Friday, but I don't want to miss it. The Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts of America are now pushing on the little girls who make up the membership, an anti-racist guide. Anti-racism, these derivations of wokeness and critical theory and critical race theory have now infiltrated the Girl Scouts. The Girl Scouts told its membership that taking a colorblind approach to life, where you don't really care that much about what race a person is, that actually perpetuates racism. And parents must have conversations about race and racism regularly with their daughters to counterbalance this narrative. Uh, This is part of the online resource to push anti-racism and critical race theory. The guide goes on to say, saying we're all the same or I don't see color might be well-intentioned, but it perpetuates racism because it disregards part of people's identities. Plus, saying everyone is the same implies that everyone has the same experiences and is treated the same in our society, which statistics and the everyday discrimination faced by black people and other people of color show isn't the case. So they're saying it's wrong to say that everybody is the same because that erases people's identities and denies their suffering. Now notice though, notice, if you were to say, okay, fine, everyone is not the same. Not everyone has equal ability. Okay. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone's not the same. Not everyone has equal intelligence. Not everyone has equal ambition. Not, not everyone has equal uh, moral cultivation. Not everyone has equal virtue in the way that they live. You would be <laughs> sent to Guantanamo Bay. That would be so outrageous. That would be so racist or sexist or this is or that is. But If you say not everyone is equal, not everyone is the same because not everyone suffers as much, well, that's that's the only thing you're permitted to observe about differences in people because suffering now carries social currency. Suffering is the new privilege. (laughs) And so this is why you have ever-expanding victim groups, and this is why everyone is, is trying to claim some kind of oppression because that paradoxically will actually give them privilege. The, the reason I mention this is we, we've gone over this kind of ideology plenty of times on the show. Just to, just to point out that our ruling liberal elite, which as the commenter on the show actually says, is, is going to solve racism with racism. <laughs> it's going to solve inflation by printing money and solve racism by adding more racism. This ruling class has gutted not only our constitutional system of government, our educational systems, our corporate systems are, it's gutted civil society. Even the most basic voluntary civil associations like um, the, the Girl Scouts, totally gutted by these geniuses. How about our schools? I also very briefly touched on this on Friday, but I can't, I can't let this one go without a little mention. The Missouri, uh, a Missouri school district right now, Francis Howell School District in St. Charles County, Missouri, has just hired a critical race theory professor to audit their curricula. The school district is paying this race hustling huckster 
this con artist $15,000 to ruin their history curriculum and to imbue it with the ideology of critical race theory. I mentioned this so that the the hustler's name is Dr. LeGarrett King. He was hired for, quote, professional development and consultation services. And he's a, an associate professor at University of Missouri and director of the university's Carter Center for K-12 Black History Education. Do not let them tell you that your kids are not being taught by critical race theory in schools. This is what's happening. King, this hustler who was hired just by one school district in one place, has retweeted a lot of content expressing his belief that critical race theory ought to be taught in K through 12 schools as well. He has now been hired by the school district or was hired some time ago to imbue the curriculum with this radical theory that our genius ruling elite tells us is only taught in certain law schools. Oh, you idiots, you rubes, you idiot percentage. It's, this isn't being taught in schools. Well, here you go. Here you have a a critical race theorist who has been hired by a school district, K through 12, to imbue the curriculum with these ideas. He is telling you outright that he thinks that these sorts of things should be taught in schools and it's now happening. Don't let them gaslight you. The ruling class gutted civic, civic society, civic associations, civil society, gutted the educational system. Now this ruling elite is instructing students to hate their own country, which brings me to the Olympics. The Olympics. I don't watch the Olympics. I don't, I've never really cared for the Olympics and I haven't watched it in years. But I did see this clip, this clip, that the Olympic ceremony opened with that anthem of the brilliant, genius, global citizens of the world, that awful twaddle by John Lennon, one of the worst songs ever written. Imagine. I did not expect to see the voices Keith Urban here as part of the opening ceremony, but that was spectacular. I did not expect to hear that song that they play every year since, uh, you know, 50 years ago and that the aged boomer hippies think is uh, the, the most important hymn in the liturgical calendar and, and in our hymnal. I did expect it because they do it all the time. It's awful. It, the vision of society that it presents is just communism. Imagine there's no God. Imagine there's no heaven. Imagine there's nothing to live for. Imagine there's no distinctions between people or anything that makes you special. It's awful. It's an ugly, hideous, inhuman vision of society. And that's the vision the ruling elite wants to push on you. You know, the, the authoritarian moment comes out tomorrow, Tuesday, July 27th. You can get your limited edition signed book now for just $30 at dailywire.com slash Ben. Ben will also be doing a live stream book signing and Q&A tomorrow 
and you can submit a question for it right now when you go to purchase your signed copy. That is dailywire.com slash Ben to get your signed copy today. It's very important to have this book so that you can cut out the cover of it and use it as my campaign sticker for 2028 Knowles, the authoritarian moment. We just launched, by the way, our newest podcast, Morning Wire. It's already the number two podcast on Apple. It's number 11 podcast on Spotify. Subscribe right now to Morning Wire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you listen to your podcasts so that you do not miss a beat. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. Tell the podcast platforms that conservative news belongs at number one on the charts. We'll be right back with a lot more. I love that the Olympics opened with Imagine. I, I love it in part because I don't watch the Olympics, so I didn't have to endure that awful song by John Lennon. But I love it because it's an acknowledgement that the liberal ruling class, the sort of globalized <laughs> citizen of the world class, doesn't have any new ideas. They've been playing the same damn song forever and ever. I loved at the end of this of the broadcast, the, the broadcaster said, wow, I did not expect that. That's not a knife. This is a knife. I don't know. My Australian's not very good. And so the broadcaster said that. Just a little trip back through memory lane. They play this song almost every year. Here we go. London 2012. Wow. So inspiring. Imagine there's no heaven. Young Chang, 2018. Imagine there's no heaven. Imagine you turn to worm food when you die. Torino, 2006. Above us, just this physical world. And we're all going to just turn to take a dirt nap when we die. 96 in Atlanta. There, wow, inspiring. Imagine... Imagine all the people living for their own hedonistic pleasure with nothing that is permanent. Wow. I was reading uh, Chesterton last night, G.K. Chesterton, the great, great British Catholic writer. And he pointed out that the carpe diem religion, seize the day, live for today. The carpe diem religion is not the religion of happy people. It's the religion of very unhappy people. And we all know this in our own life. We know that that friend of yours who all he's ever doing is chasing momentary pleasure, no regrets, you regret the things you don't do, or whatever. That guy is never your happiest friend. Paradoxically, strangely, counterintuitively, according to many people, it tends to be the well-grounded, moderate, (laughs) religious people who have a family, who practice the virtues, who reign in their own passions, they tend to be happier. Isn't that weird? Isn't that a strange thing? It's counterintuitive, but it's not, of course. The carpe diem religion, the seize the day, we're only living for today. There's no heaven. There's nothing above us. We're just, just this world. That religion, which is the dominant view of the liberal ruling class, is a desperate religion. Try, it's, it's the same problem that, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but on a holiday, very often tensions are very high when you're going over your family for a holiday, or Valentine's Day is a lot like this, where you're so focused on having a good time, you're so 
intent, you think the day will be ruined if you don't have a good time, that you never have a good time if you focus like that. If you just take the day as it will, if you take life as it will, if you recognize that life involves a great deal of suffering, and but there is a point to it, and that actually there, there, there is an ennobling aspect to this suffering, and there's something beyond just this physical world. If you recognize that, then it sanctifies everything. It makes it much more comfortable, much more bearable. Uh, but if all you're focused on is, is pleasuring yourself all the time, you are going to be miserable. I know it seems counterintuitive. People are waking up to that. I think a lot of the revolt against our ruling elite is recognizing that the things that they've promised us have not panned out. We were told, women were told that if they just stopped raising families and went out to work for some old guy at the widget factory a hundred hours a week, that that would make them happier. And it hasn't. The, the, Measures of this, it's hard to measure happiness, but such as they are, these measures have have shown that that isn't true. Women's happiness has declined dramatically. If we just tell our kids to, you know, pursue their own ambitions and interests and our own ambitions and interests and without regard to a classical serious education, they'll be happier. They're not. They're more stressed. They're more anxious and suicidal than ever. If we just let the liberal ruling elite ship our jobs overseas, yeah, we'll lose our job at the factory, but it's okay because GDP will increase and we'll have more gizmos from China and that'll make us all happier. Will it? No. We've got debts of despair going through the roof. We're actually seeing a reduction in American life expectancy. We've got an opioid crisis running amok. Well, if we just empower international organizations and empower China, then the world is going to live in peace. Is it? I don't know. We just had a global pandemic, allegedly, that, you know, uh, the worst, deadliest pandemic ever. But regardless of the, of the lethality of, of the virus, we shut down the whole world. How'd that work out? Didn't work out very well at all. And I think people are waking up to this and they're saying, oh God, they've, they, these people have ruined my country. <laughs> the religion of imagine, the religion of imagine that nothing matters other than our own pleasure and bumping up GDP and suppressing the idiot percentage and just following this, this ruling class wherever they want to lead us, that hasn't panned out very well. And so I think the Trump vote was in many ways a reaction against that. And I think you're, you're only seeing that increase. The candidacies right now of J.D. Vance and Blake Masters, the two Senate candidates who are, who are really contradicting a lot of conservative orthodoxy, who are saying, hey, we need to forget about GDP for a second. We need to focus on families. We need to focus on building up our society. We need to cut it out with all this insane free, quote unquote, free trade that's really primarily benefiting other countries. We need to stop that. That is part of the reaction against this. And no surprise that the Olympics, which is really, you know, now the total expression of the ruling global elite, uh, is collapsing in the ratings. 16.7 million Americans tuned in to NBC's broadcast. This is the smallest television audience in the past 33 years. It was predicted that the ratings could drop as low as 17 million people in America, and it dropped even lower than that. This is according to preliminary data from NBC Universal. Now, part of this is that people don't watch TV as much anymore. Uh, certainly that's part of it. People are unplugging their TVs. They don't have cable, although it's worth pointing out this isn't, this is uh, network TV. So many, many more people will have network than would have cable. But sure, part of it is the technological issue. Part of it is just this vision of, of society is, is collapsing under, under its own weight. Steep, steep drop. The Tokyo audience declined 37% from 2016. 20, 37% rather. Speaking of, two top PGA golfers are not being permitted to compete in the Olympics. 
because they tested positive for the Wu flu. They weren't sick. They're totally fine, but they tested positive. So now they can't compete. Spanish golfer, John Rahm, he tested positive last month. Uh, had to drop out of a PGA tournament that he was leading in, by the way. Uh, he's tested positive again. He won't, he won't compete in Tokyo. Yeah, this guy, man, he can't win for losing. He's, he's got permanent COVID. And uh, Bryson DeChambeau, an American, will also miss the games because he tested positive for COVID. Insane. You're now seeing more travel restrictions around the world because the global elite are clamping down again. They say it's for the Delta variant. It's the, well, now we have the Delta variant. Soon we're going to have the Lambda variant. Then we're going to have the Phi Beta Kappa variant. There's no end to the variants, folks. I don't know if you've caught on yet, but 15 days to slow the spread is eternity. It's, it's never ending. It is never ending unless you take it back. Right now, there are 100,000 people in the streets in Paris to protest the French President Macron's new rules, new lockdown rules. They're just going to keep this going forever because they think it's better for society. They think it's better if the scientific elite has much more control than the people do over society. And by the way, they think it's better if we just wear masks all the time. I've talked to even slightly conservative public health experts who have said, well, you know, the thing about the masks is maybe we don't wear them all the time, but we should at least wear them during flu season. I mean, it was crazy before. We were just going out and interacting with one another and seeing our faces. And that was crazy. I think they want us to do, I think they want us to live in this sanitized, hideous culture where we don't see one another's faces, where we don't have many political rights. And where the Fauci's of the world tell us what to do, where top athletes in the world are taken out of the Olympics because they don't even have symptoms from the Wu flu that has been with us now for a year, year and a half vaccines all over the place. Having, having many, many harmful effects on society. Do you remember last year when the federal government was proposing a relief package for COVID? I was fine with the relief package. I sort of thought if the government is going to shut down the world, then the government owes you something. (laughs) They can't just expect you to bear the brunt of that entirely if they're going to make this ridiculous decision to shut down the world. But I said, you know, the beefing up of unemployment benefits, that's a bad idea. COVID stimulus, fine by me. The government broke it. The government can fix it. But the, the beefing up of unemployment is going to have really bad effects. And so some Republicans tried to fight very hard against this in the Senate. I remember Senator Cruz and Senator Graham, Lindsey Graham, pushed very hard against this, but didn't go anywhere. So they, it ended up going through. Well, now we have a report out from Morning Consult that uh, 1.8 million Americans have turned down job offers in order to stay on unemployment. Now, that's not good, right? That's a, that's a bad situation. I, I already knew this was the case. Not 1.8 million, that's a shocking number, but I already knew this was a problem because I've talked to my Uber drivers who say, yeah, you know, a lot of, there aren't that many drivers right now because people don't want to go back to work because they're making more money on unemployment. Because I've talked to people in restaurants who are waitresses or managers or even owners of restaurants and they'll say, yeah, I can't, we can't get staff here because people are making more money on unemployment. Well, here's from Morning Consult. You know, it's not like this is some far right organization. They're reporting 1.8 million Americans would rather stay on the dole because the ruling class did something so obviously economically and socially harmful. But those of us who said, we're the idiot percentage who said, maybe this isn't a, a good idea. Speaking of people getting jobs, I'm going to add, I'm going to rub salt in that wound right now 
because the ruling class still has a ton of power and they're flexing that power. You know, one of the highlights of the Trump administration was that Trump got a lot of judges through and they often were disappointing judges, but still there were a number of good judges who got through. I'm I'm not just talking about the Supreme Court. I'm talking about the lower courts as well. She said, all right, Trump and cocaine Mitch, they're getting judges through at record rates. Joe Biden is blowing them out of the water right now. In the first six months of his administration, Joe Biden and the Democrats have had eight federal judges confirmed. That is the highest number of judges confirmed, not just in the last four or eight or 12 or 16 years, highest number of judges confirmed in 52 years, more than half a century. Trump and George H.W. Bush at this point in their presidency had each appointed four judges. Obama, Bush II, and Ronald Reagan hadn't appointed any. Biden's already gotten eight federal judges through. The guy does not know which end is up. The guy probably doesn't know his own name. But, But the establishment is still wielding political power in a pretty effective way. It's a harmful way for our country. It's going to lead to more more and more misery and to a greater collapse of our civil order. But they're they're pretty good at wielding political power. Speaking of the judges, there is a huge court case that's coming up this term. This is the Dobbs case. The Dobbs case regards an abortion law, whether or not it is legal to limit abortion or prohibit abortion after 15 weeks. This is the point at which a baby can suck his own thumb. And this case will seek to overturn Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Well, I I think Joe Biden just accidentally touched on this case. Joe Biden, uh, there there are a number of clips of him going around that are pretty embarrassing. I'm not even going to play one of them on the show, though though it's gone viral. Uh, The clip clip is uh, Joe Biden screaming something that seems as though he's referring to his own anatomy. And it's just really, it's one of these bizarre outbursts that Biden has made, but there are a number of them out there, uh, including, he was asked a question, are Democrats, are there Democrats who want to defund the police? Joe Biden has a puzzling answer. We are not defunding the police. We and have are not. there people who, in the Democratic Party, who want to Are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids? I, I, I'm not sure. Are there people in the oh. Democratic Party who want to Are there people? Are you defunding the police? He says, are the people in the Republican Party you think we're sucking the blood out of kids? Which just as a, as a practical matter, just as a very narrow matter, the Democrats are by supporting abortion. But the broader point is even more preposterous. Joe Biden says, we're not defunding the police. What? Oh, the Republicans, next they're going to say we're sucking the blood out of kids, which we are through abortion, which we're vigorously defending, which I'm actually trying to get taxpayers to fund right now through the repeal of the Hyde Amendment. Okay, neither here nor there. Republicans, when they say that Democrats want to defund the police, they're not making some outlandish claim. They're not, they're not coming up with some conspiracy theory, as Joe Biden is implying. They're just quoting the Democrats' own words, <laughs> very, very prominent Democratic politicians have said defund the police, have called to defund the police, have put forward legislation to de- have have successfully defunded the police. And very prominent Democratic politicians have said, 
Abolish the police doesn't mean just move some funding around or change the training. It means abolish the police. It means get rid of them. But Joe Biden makes a mind. Oh, what, what's next? What are you, what are you people going to say next? You say we're sucking the blood out of kids? They can't even stand by their own words because they can see how deeply unpopular they are because they can see that people are waking up to what this ruling class has done to them. We suck in the blood out of kids. I mean, we are, but speaking of our culture's abuse of young people, you know, I bring up TikTok videos somewhat frequently, only the ones that kind of go viral and make, make their way around the internet. I'm not on TikTok myself. I, I feel that Xi Jinping has enough of my information, but I, I do catch it on Twitter or YouTube sometimes. So there was a video of a young person uh, describing the difference between, I want to get this right, between aromanticism and asexuality. These are now two sexual identities. And, and so one is aromantic, you're not romantic, and the other is asexual. Here's the difference. This is a reminder that non-asexual aromantic and allosexual aromantic are not always interchangeable. Non-asexual aromantic includes identities such as my own. I'm not asexual, but I'm not allosexual either. My experiences are going to be very different from an allosexual aromantic person's. I think it's just important if you're an ally who's talking about aromantic issues, if you're talking about allosexual aromantic issues, make sure to say allosexual aromantic. There's nothing wrong with that term. Just saying non-asexual aromantic also includes other aromantic people who might not experience sexual attraction but still don't identify as asexual. Just something to keep in mind. That is something that if you keep it in your mind, your mind will turn to soup. (laughs) I don't, I want to be pretty clear, by the way, I am not poking fun at this confused young person's idea of sexuality. I am actually indignant and outraged by the way that our culture has warped this young person's mind and confused this young person. I'm not, not exactly clear. I don't want to be wrong about identities and the aloe and the amo and the whatever this, the identities are. So I Googled it. I Googled the aromantic and al- I don't know what aloe is, but arrow I saw is aro- aromantic. That's the lingo for aromantic. And it means you're not romantically attracted to people, but you do enjoy having sex with them sometimes, possibly. And then asexual is you don't enjoy having sex with people, but you may be romantically attracted to them. How does that work? I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody, nobody knows. But this, these are just two of the newer sexual identities. There will probably be a half dozen more by the time we finish this show today. And there aren't that, that many more minutes left in the show, but there will still be more of these things. Because getting back to the point on uh, race that the Girl Scouts brought up, you know, that ra- racial blindness, color blindness is actually awful because it erases people's identity. If your identity as a culture, is in the font of being. You know, I am that I am. God is another name for him. Uh, then you, you will know who you are and you will have a fixed point that you are moving toward and that, that you are uh, identifying yourself with. If you do not, you will be, as my friend Father George Rutler has pointed out, if you do not find your identity in the I am who I am, you will find your identity with this, or you will attempt to find your identity with a pathetic question, which is, who am I? You'll say, I'm an A-Lo, A-Ro, A-Bo, 
asex, trans, bi, non, whatever, and you'll, it will never end. It will never end because you are not sufficient because you are a contingent being who is imperfect because this is a fallen world and you will never be satisfied with your own identity. It will just go on and on and on. On Wednesday, on last Wednesday, Argentina decided to indulge this insanity at the governmental level. They are now incorporating identification cards that include an option for people who do not identify as either female or male. They, they will allow people to put X in their national identification document and passports in the place where they otherwise would have put their sex. Now, obviously this undermines the point of identification documents because you, you won't actually be identifying yourself. But I, I want to show you the three opinions on this. There's the leftist opinion, which is you, you have a God-given, well, they don't believe in God, but you, they, you have a human right or whatever to gender expression and identifying however you want to identify, and you absolutely have the right to put the X on your gender form. Then there is the kind of squishy conservative libertarian thing, which is they'll say, look, you have a right. You have every right to identify as a, a transgender person or a binary or an A-row, A-lo, whatever, whatever it is. But just don't make me pay for it, right? Or just, you, but you can't put it on a document. Or maybe you can, but your kid can't do it. But your kids can't do it. That's off limit for kids. Or they'll try to put some contrived limitations on it while still granting the premise of a, a right to infinite personal autonomy to indulge whatever delusion you have. And then there's the conservative response, which is you don't have a right to define reality. So in Justice Kennedy's words, you don't have the even though he was obviously on the other side of the question, but you don't have the right to define your own concept of existence. There is reality. It will reassert itself in the end. And you must bend your absolute tyranny of will. You have to, you have to bend it toward reality. Eventually, you cannot impose your delusions on the world. And you don't know, it doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your, how nice you are or whatever. You cannot you do not have a right to contradict reality. And I think, unfortunately, our genius elite has been denying reality for a long time. And a lot of squishes who might have had very good intentions have, in, have to some degree, indulged that belief. And I think the American people, the, the idiot percentage, <laughs> the rest of us, you know, us crazy idiots who think that men are not women and foreigners are not Americans and who recognize that the ruling elite has led us off a cliff. We are saying no. We're on the side of reality. Your fantasies haven't worked. Take a seat. And, and we need to take political power back from those people who, who view us with nothing but derision and, and who, who view us as, as incompetent, bumbling, deplorable fools who, by the way, can govern society a whole lot better, I suspect, than our ruling elite. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. We'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. 
Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. And production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. John Bickley here, editor-in-chief of Daily Wire. Wake up every morning with our new show, Morning Wire. On today's episode, the Biden administration signals a push for renewed mask mandates and vaccine boosters. Australia erupts in protests after another round of lockdowns. And the NFL experiences blowback to its new vaccine rules. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire.